Well, hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, no, it's not the welcome, welcome one and all uh, to the Scotty Jolly podcast. I apologize. Uh, John out this week. Instead, you got Aaron Flottam here. Uh, we're going to be running you through the show this week uh, with a special guest who I will bring in, in here in just a second. I'm going to keep you on the edge of your seat with a little bit of suspense right there. Uh, first of all, uh, again, this is the Scotty Jolly podcast. You can find me at Cheddar Talk, at Cheddar Talk on Twitter. You can find John at Not So Humble Host. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll still answer your questions, even though he's not in this week. He's on St. Louis on spring break and, uh, he, uh, he's finding the joys of sports gambling. He, he loves it. And, uh, he was at the Blues game the other night. That was pretty cool. And then, uh, of course, you can follow the podcast itself at Scotty Johnny Pod. Uh, joining me this week, uh, you hear him, hear his name because, uh, as we all know, me and John, um, grew up wrestlers. And while, while I am a, I am a official Bucks fan, I, I do like the Bucks and I'm a Bucks fan. I am not a basketball aficionado. We kind of fake the funk. So, this week, uh, I wanted to bring in, uh, with John Gunn, I wanted to bring in a basketball mind, if you will. Everybody, friend of the show, Pete, Mr. Peter Owen, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon. Pete Owen here. Uh, really excited to join the show. Uh, as Aaron mentioned, yes, basketball is my number one. I am one of the probably, what, 17, 18 people in Wisconsin that would claim NBA as their yes. number one sport. Right. Uh, but, but I'm one of them, and I'm uh, happy to be here, and... Look forward to have, putting together a great show with Aaron. Right. So uh, just a little background on Pete. Pete grew up in South Milwaukee, played basketball his whole life. Uh, told me the other week, I, I penned him with the question, you know, who's the best basketball player he ever played against? And that would be Wes Matthews. So there's uh, there's that. He's He uh, went to Hamilton in Milwaukee. Um, uh, UW-Milwaukee. Correct. Did not play at Milwaukee, but was, uh, went to UW-Milwaukee. Um and he is a season ticket holder at, uh, for the Bucks, and you have been for for a few years now. Yeah, we uh, fortunately my wife is also uh, Bucks number one, uh, so we uh, we enjoy making it down to the games. Have a nice thing going where we share the seats with a bunch of our friends, and probably you know speaking of athletics, it's funny. I would say making it to Game Six last year was probably my all time sports memory being there for that championship game and actually seeing that thing come together because. Uh, beat anything I ever ever actually accomplished on a field, uh, just being there for a moment like that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was I, I remember you talking about maybe possibly selling any of the finals tickets to kind of make your money back for the for the whole uh, season almost because you could have. And that didn't happen. And it did, you, didn't, you, didn't sell, <laughs> you didn't sell a single ticket because, yeah, I, and, and, very, and uh, uh, just out of pure coincidence, uh, me and my daughter went to Game Six against the Nets and ended up parked three rows in front of you, not even knowing where your season ticket was. That was awesome. Went. That was a great game too. That, of course, is a foot on the line game, as, <laughs> as it's come to be known. Just wanted to get no, little- no, the foot on the line was back. Uh, that was Game Six, um, the other direction. Uh, that one was actually in. Uh, that was Game Seven. And that oh, was right. no, in yeah. uh, in Brooklyn. That's right. No, because we, right. I, if you remember uh, last year, I don't want to get too far into basketball now, but yeah, the Bucks went in as the, as the number three seed. That's right. Which is very easy to forget, having been the number one the previous two years going into it. Right. And it might be the three seed this year as well. But anyway, so I forgot about that. That's right. No, that's right. The next game was a foot on the line game. This uh, this game, game six against the Nets, was where I let my daughter swear in public for the first time <laughs> at the gentle age of seven. Uh, just want to give a little background on uh, Pete uh, and his uh, basketball acumen, because like I said, some me and John have to kind of fake the funk sometimes, not knowing the ins and outs. And Pete's really one of those guys that 
honestly, basketball is his number one sport. The Bucks are his favorite team. You know, he follows college. He knows college basketball where me and John sometimes are just John. John does due diligence on Badger stuff, but a lot of times we're kind of basing opinions on, you know, on, on what we've read and what we're following. So having someone who has a pedigree. <laughs> so anyways, and uh, hey, uh, Pete, you got a, do you have a Twitter handle? You know, I, I have a Twitter handle. And the funny thing about it is people have probably found me on Twitter trying to use my handle because it's a pretty good one, but I'm not super active. I should get better at it. But you can find me at Milwaukee's Best, M-K-E-S-B-E-S-T. So you go one of two ways. I could either get better at uh, tweeting or I could sell that to one of your many listeners because it's a pretty good handle. And I'm surprised I haven't been propositioned for it this yet. It's like all those people that bought up all those Internet addresses <laughs> back in the 90s. You know, Tide.com went for a million dollars because, yeah. So there you go. Milwaukee's best. So that's where you can find Pete. So uh, we're going to roll into the show. We're going to stay with, sort of with the same format that we usually do, uh, trend a little bit more towards basketball because that's what's going on this time of year. So uh, with that said, we're going to move on to the main event. I don't know why I did that. I don't have the sound effects. John didn't give them to me. <laughs> anyway, so we're, this is going to be a cold run this week. <laughs> All right. So first things first, as always, we talk about Packers. Um, really, Pete, there's nothing out there really worth talking about. A lot of stupid DK Metcalf stuff on uh, Twitter. You know, like, what would we give up to Seattle? And it's more than what we got for Devontae Adams. And it's it's just getting kind of dumb. And, I mean, it's I guess it's where we're at right now in the I, have we found a Greg Jennings opinion on this yet? I mean, usually he's probably pretty good at jumping in right about now. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. I was just—he popped up a couple of weeks ago. I, Greg Jennings, he's fun. So I don't know. So there's a lot of, you know, the other day I—I I, I suppose some of that was really fueled by um, Matt Lafleur the other day saying that they want a wide receiver that can really take the top off of defense, uh, which we kind of had with MVS, but you know, but the price tag on him went up. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, in Kansas City, if anything at all, but uh, that price I got a little hefty on him. Um, the only other thing really to talk about with Packers, we're going to keep it brief this week, though, is uh, there's going to be a Champions League game at Lambeau Field this July. July. Yeah, yeah, before before July kicks off, or and it will be an exhibition, uh, but it, and it hasn't been announced officially yet because I think they're still working like the final details of the contract. But it's been widely reported that we're going to be able to see uh, Man City. Manchester City uh, versus uh, Bayern Munich, which uh, for those who, I mean, I think they more than make up for their game that they've lost to Europe mm-hmm. by uh, by playing over there this season. But uh, it's going to be a pretty awesome event. I mean, do you plan on going, Aaron? Uh, once I heard it last night for the first time, I really considered it. I think it's going to be a hot ticket. I really do. I think it's going to be more of a national ticket than I think people realize. Like, there might be people coming in from not just the tri-state area, but from all over the country to see this. I think it's going to significantly increase. I mean, when you look at the value of what this is, you know, number one, having two uh, teams who are both currently in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well, how close you've been paying attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> enough to know. Enough to know. I watched Ted Lasso. <laughs> but, you know, to get, you know, just touch on it for a second. I mean, they both, uh, Man City as well as uh, Munich, won their uh, groups and have uh, advanced on the stage of 16 right now in uh, in the Champions League. Awesome. So, I mean, they're both good teams. And, you know, losing, like you said, losing that game to London this year, you know, that was a big deal because, Huge. you know, when you only have, now this year would have been the first year that they would have had nine instead of eight. So, that was kind of the thing was like, well, you still have eight home games. Well, they're still losing a home game, and that's a big deal to Green Bay. But, I mean, this is going to pull in money in a different time of the year 
and not just Packers season ticket holders that are coming in for, you know, to, to have the big uh, meeting at Lambeau Field or, you know, Packers fans, locals that are coming around to like bring in their bikes and stuff like that for the players to ride. This is going to be, it's going to be cheaper to come to Green Bay than to go to London to see one of these games. So you figure if you got some big soccer heads out there that want to come into town, the Packers are going to make up more than that home game they lost and probably more. Well, and we can't forget, too, uh, our own Aaron Rodgers of the Packers is a uh, very um, out there and vocal uh, Manchester City fan. Uh, we've seen him a few times uh, rocking the Manchester City uh, gear, a team out of the Premier League. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to shoehorn that in just because I never thought I'd get the chance to say Bundesliga, <laughs> uh, which is the league that uh, that Munich is coming out of, which is the, the German uh, top league. Right. No, that was funny earlier. We were talking. Uh, Pete brought it up and... I was trying to go, there's La Liga. I know that. Bundes something. It's just the most American don't really know much about soccer thing ever. I was at the 2004 World Cup, though. Come Ooh, on. In okay, Germany. yes. <laughs> now, I just happened to be in Germany visiting my brother while the World Cup was happening, and I didn't realize it was going on. But, hey, you know, it's I, I, made, a, I made a couple games. Those were expensive. Smokes were expensive. It's like for back row, not even quarter five. Like, that was still in the round robin play. It was ridiculous. And, Matt, if you can ever get to Europe during a World Cup, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. We just had a gas station, like, on one of the uh, Audubons, you know, filling up to for one of our trips. And caravan of, like, uh, all these trucks coming in with people <laughs> from Spain driving from Spain <laughs> to go watch Spain play in a game. And just absolutely it, it, just caravans of craziness. It was and, and maybe we'll see some of that this summer. That'd be cool. And, and uh, you know, keep going a little bit further off the rails. And when we started with the Packers, but do you have uh, a a team uh, Europe that you would say you follow compared to compared to others when it comes to Champions League or any of the European leagues? Not really. I mean, there was, and we were talking about it, there was that. I should have looked it up too before the show, but there was that one. Uh, one of the teams that was on the verge of relegation the other day, other couple of years back, that ended up winning the Premier League, and I can't even think of who that was. But uh, I mean, I, I, what what is the the Hot Spurs? I I would I'd have to look back. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, my... Tottenham Hot Spurs is that? Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I think yeah. that I think that is. Yeah, just because of their name. It's kind of like you know how everyone likes the South Carolina Gamecocks, just because but what they're name sounds like anyways well, well you know it's funny uh, my, my son got into soccer and we're probably like the least uh you know big into it household until all of a sudden like you know i really started paying attention to him and he became a, a paris saint germain fan so we're on we're on the psg bandwagon which i think is like you know very much uh, that fits with the dallas cowboys duke uh yankees uh you know bandwagon they're kind of that team out of europe but they have a bunch of personalities uh, Neymar, Messi, Mbappe. So that's the team who we've followed. And, uh, they're also a Jordan brand team. So that I think helps my son's interest in them. Isn't Messi like the most expensive player on planet Earth? Not even close. Like he's worth like half a billion dollars or something like that. It, it's wild. It, these numbers at, at these players and at, and at such a young age too, when you see them. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I watched Ted Lasso. I know how this stuff works. So yeah, that's uh, something to look forward to at Lambeau Field this summer. Uh, I'm, I, not even being a soccer fan, it almost makes me you know, start planning for that. Drag family up there, but I don't know. I bet you those tickets are going to be just as expensive as a Packer game. I think it'll, I'll say right now uh, that I think it's going to be more than a Packer game to mm -hmm. get in the gates at Lambeau for that. Yeah. So maybe I won't Cause, Because the field size is actually likely smaller mm -hmm. than, than the pitch. 
Right. <laughs> Traditionally is. So it'll be, uh, it'll be exciting. And it is an exhibition. Uh, obviously we're talking two teams from two different leagues, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, just being able to get out there and see those players at that level and enjoy the game will be I wonder a fun if they're going to have to change the turf. Cause remember like those first couple NFL games that were played over in England, they had a lot of problems with the turf because the turf is shorter and slicker in soccer. And so they actually have to bring in a new field just for the football games. Interesting. And the, well, the way the football field's also crowned a little bit too. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at it, you know, mm-hmm. if you're ever on a, on a field, you know, like one like yeah. that, you know, you look kind of from, from down towards your ankles and you can see the way that the field crowns towards the middle. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Hey, we'll, we'll keep track of it as we go along here. So, all right. Enough of the Packers. They ain't doing anything. Let's get over it. All right. Let's move along to the Bucks. Uh, one last night, uh, in dramatic fashion on a, what looked like a goaltend to start, but instead, uh, some Matumbo energy from, uh, Giannis, uh, walking off with a block. That's, you don't have a lot of walk off blocks in basketball, but here we go. And so, uh, what was 40, 12 and nine is what he had. Yeah. He, uh, I think it was six. Right? Yeah. 40, 12 and six with three blocks as well. So big night from Giannis. Um, what did you see? Because I didn't. Because I was blacked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, number one, you, you know, you saw a lot of resiliency uh, from the Bucs. I mean, they got off to a fast start. They they slipped a little bit in the second quarter. Uh, James Harden had a four-point play, which I almost wanted in the first quarter, which I wanted to see reviewed. And I'm glad that Coach Blood kept it in his pocket because it uh, it ended up paying off uh, for that challenge in the end. But one of the, if anyone's watched the Bucks, you know, a lot this year, you've seen the third quarter struggles. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of turned on overdrive in the fourth quarter and get it back. But uh, right now, I mean, starting to see the team come back together and having a solid game like that where you're facing some adversity, being down 10 at the half against, you know, a good team. And I, mm-hmm. James Harden is who he is. Uh, he obviously is somewhat mercurial of a personality, the way he's pushed his way out of a few situations in the last couple of years. But when he has it going, and it looks like he's trying to get it going again with this team, unlike his last couple of days with the Nets, uh, I think Philadelphia is going to be formidable. And obviously, they have a potential MVP in Joel Embiid. But for the Bucks to come out of that game and uh, continue to be part of the back or not front log, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in the Eastern Conference standings is a great win for the team. Yeah, it's a big win after uh, that was the last game I went to is the Nets game when the Nets came into town and beat the the box and that was before the big trade had happened because I remember uh, Seth Curry was uh, no wait the last game I was at was the it was right after the trade wasn't it it was right yeah it was because yeah it was right before the trade because Seth Curry what I forget how it works either way what am I talking about I think you I'm I think you went to the first myself. game <laughs> I think you went to the first game but it was before yeah uh, well we still have not seen uh, Ben Simmons no. in uniform yet. But it was uh, one of those times where Philadelphia was coming in, right? And they had not. And James Harden, when he was in Milwaukee, he was still on the bench because I was looking forward to seeing him. You were at the seventy six. Yes, and you were. That's at, right, because you were telling me how big uh, Embiid seemed. Compared oh, he, to, he's to a hulking human, right? Uh, and I think a lot of people probably even saw it last night in the game as they're kind of dabbing each other up after the game, talking. Uh, Embiid's a incredibly skilled player, and mm-hmm. when you think about that draft. You know, just kind of turning back the time machine when you look at that top three of Andrew Wiggins going number one, uh, Jabari Parker going number two to the box, and uh, Joel Embiid going number three. There's always that what if conversation. Right. Yeah, what if those two had ended up on the same team? It would have been an interesting dynamic because they're two different personalities entirely. 
Janice is the Milwaukee bromance, and Joel Embiid is whiny. <laughs> but no, that was uh, and a troll. Yeah, and, and he's a really it's a troll too. So uh, you know, yeah, seventy sixers hateable at least, but uh, definitely a good team uh, regardless. So win last night puts the Bucks half a game out of the idle heat, I believe. Yes, and so there's. I, I didn't even look at the standings yet today because it it's like watching my crypto. Like I don't want to anymore because it's just you don't know what's coming up. But like the top four, I mean, it shifts daily right now because of the just razor thin margin between all. Well, Aaron, I'm glad that we pushed this podcast a whole two days from Monday when it was four teams within half game because now we have such difference, <laughs> right? In, 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 the, in the top four, right, exactly. Uh, we, we have the Sixers who are a game and a half out. Uh, Boston, who is now missing Time Lord, and which we'll go, we'll talk about that in, okay. in a few, but, and the Bucks are a half game out, and Miami Heat's still in the top spot. But uh, as I look at the Eastern Conference stand, it's like, wow, we, we don't know what this is going to look like. Nobody does. Well, and just a month ago, too, uh, Boston was in the bottom. They were in the, the next five down. When you win 24 of 28, yeah. it, it will really elevate you pretty quick. <laughs> that, that helps, I hear. That. But, and, and granted, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, teams like you know, within our own division, we've seen the Bulls fall off. They've come back mm-hmm. to reality, but they're obviously battling some injuries. They're going to be a dangerous team. They're sitting in the five spot. Uh, you know, the Toronto Raptors, really weird, strangely scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't trust the Raptors at all. They're- they scare me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I when I look at the Raptors, I mean, Scotty Barnes, uh, their rookie is having a great season, making Pascal Siakam incredibly expendable during the offseason. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what, where that will shake out. But don't, but, and I, I was thinking about this before the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, how it could relate to the Bucks or anybody else, depending on where Toronto lands, because you have to be vaccinated to go to Canada. Right. That's why I want Brooklyn to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and what's funny about in, in to go back, you know, just a little bit at, when you're looking at the playing teams right now, you have Cleveland uh, at seven, Brooklyn at eight, Charlotte um, at nine, and then Atlanta at ten, which is weird because they were also in the Eastern Conference Finals. I know, right? And it wouldn't drop off for them. But if, yeah, when it could get dangerous uh, during that series because we also, I think there was an assumption because the Bucks have never came out and said that they're a hundred percent vaccinated team, mm-hmm. uh, and this is actually talked about on. Uh, on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Bucks pod, uh, earlier with Jim Lazarski and J.R. Radcliffe, they were talking about it without going into projecting who the people could be that are non-vaccinated uh, on the Bucks. But that's an interesting place because visiting players cannot play in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't hear about it as much, uh, you know, following our own teams in the state, but it'll be interesting to see where that shakes out. I'm just guessing, like, so, I mean, I don't think we're going to have an Aaron Rodgers situation with Giannis because I believe he played in Toronto when they were up there earlier. So that would have. So I, I, lo- I looked it up because I, I was interested. Um, the, the players that were playing in that game was, uh, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, uh, Sandro Mamou Kalashvili. Uh, Thanasis got 11 minutes. Jordan Nora, uh, chipped in with four. Mm-hmm. George Hill, uh, played. And uh, Rodney Hood, who we're going to see again on Friday, uh, played eight minutes. But we, the players, essentially, who we don't know uh, would be our new additions. Um, I look at Javon Carter, Langston Galloway, uh, Serge Ibaka is an unknown. Uh, Brooke Lopez, that was in his period when he 
Uh, when else? So the, and again, these are, we don't, we don't know. We're mm-hmm. not, you know, inquiring in terms of vaccine, no. vaccination status and, uh, Lindell Wig- Wigington. So there are a few question marks out there, but at least we, we know the big three is out, right. even though, um, you know, Giannis was out with a calf. He's talked about his vaccination status in the past. And you'd, uh, you'd be hard pressed for Thanasis to not have, to have it and him not because those two are, I mean, they're, they do everything together. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it seemed to be an odd situation. So, yeah, that's a that's that's a weird and it really so the the star that it most affects obviously is Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's there's no bones about it. That's that's who it really affects. And the way things are right now is that if there was a playing game, I believe uh, Brooklyn. I don't know. It changed, that changes day to day too. But Brooklyn would be going to Toronto right now, correct? Uh, Toronto is out of the play-in game right now in the sixth spot. So oh, yeah. just to kind of talk about it for a second, uh, the seven and eight play each other yep. and then, uh, nine and 10 play each other. Right. And then the loser of seven and eight gets the chance to stay alive by mm-hmm. playing the winner of nine and 10. So yeah. in this situation, what a disappointment the Cavaliers have had after the injury bug has right. hit their team, but. Fun to watch. Thankful that uh, yeah, they're the opposite of the Celtics. Celtics are going up, and they're falling down the standings right now. They are falling very hard. But uh, you know, when you look at the Celtics, how old do you think uh, Marcus Smart is? Boy, he was young when he first made a splash. So what, twenty three? Marcus Smart's twenty eight. Oh, so he's been in, he's been in the league for a while now. I was thinking the opposite of like this guy's been around forever. I I, I thought he was one of those young guys that like. Splash so early that you'd like he, he feels like he's been around the league forever, but he hasn't. So, right, but but even I mean, not. It, that, I mean, that's how it was with. I mean, feels like Giannis has been around forever too, and he's the same age. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they've been they splashed when they were rookies and eighteen years old. Well, and you look at the Celtics here. I mean, they're they're a young team, so that's why I'm curious what they do with their uh, injury situation mm-hmm. with. Uh, with uh, Robert Williams, the third uh, Time Lord, uh, who I, I always enjoyed nicknames. I thought Time Lord was kind of cool. Uh, so you can look that up, but uh, it, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> when, when it came <laughs> reminds me of Story Lords when we were a kid, and that really dates me because I don't think you probably even know what Story Lords are. No, not tracking. Wow. Okay. But, but I mean, so I don't think they're going to push him back. I think I saw some on Woj that they're looking at four to six weeks okay. uh, to get him back, which would put him in time for obviously a second round matchup for Boston. But he, I mean, Robert Williams is a legit, you know, candidate for the all defensive team. He, he's a heck of a player. I mean, think. You know, PJ Tucker, except bigger, he can switch. Uh, he would be very dangerous against the Bucks, but the rest of their core is young. I mean, we, we always, again, like those players that have been around for a while. Um, Jalen Brown's 25, Jason Tatum's 24. This is a young team that is going to be one that we need to deal with for, uh, for a while. Right. Now, speaking of that, uh, let's, uh, as long as we're doing a playoff, looking into the playoffs a little bit here and you're doing uh, deep dives with some of the other teams. So, as of right now, the biggest threat to the Bucks, even though they're not that high up in the standings, Brooklyn, right? That's still the team that, so, the, that we have to kind of worry about. Outside of the bad voodoo stuff that I have with the Raptors. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I... I think the Bucks we saw last year, uh, and if you get into the mindset of both the team as well as the coaching staff, that they're not afraid of anyone. Uh, we, we saw last year, they uh, it was widely reported that before facing one of their final games, they knew that they would be facing the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of trying to avoid them in the first round, they wanted to you know go in and exercise those demons and go out there and they put a whooping on them in, in mm-hmm. four games uh, in that first series. So 
I don't think they're, and even if they tried to, I don't think there's a lot of jockeying they can do the way it's bunched up at, at the top right now. But if they're, you know, sitting at, you know, the one seed, uh, right now, Brooklyn in the eighth spot, I mean, they could miss them at being the number two, but I, for my own personal following, I don't see the Bucks trying to jockey in terms of trying to get, I think they're going to play and they're going to try to keep players healthy. And, and it's really not going to be any big, I mean, jockeying, I mean, you'd have a two game losing streak right now on the top and you're at the bottom. <laughs> you have a two game winning streak and you're at, you know, keeping par. You're not that far off. I mean, because when you talk about the Bulls and, uh, and Raptors, they're mm-hmm. four and four and a half games out respectively. So, <laughs> well, how far out, are, how far out is Cleveland now? Cleveland's five and a half and, and they're in the play. And that just shows, and, and so they've had, they've fallen some rough times with injuries and stuff like that, but like, how bad have they really been? Like, as compared to like what, really bad is you know it's just that's all you have is just all it takes right now in the east on the top at least to have just a bad week or two and you're not going to be in, i mean the bucks have been playing extremely well lately and they're still not number one you know like it, it's it's just in all the teams up top it's it's really it's a it's an arms race right now up at the top and uh it's you know how many games left do we have left in the season uh, Bucks have, uh, I'll just go through it. Uh, we have the Nets, uh, at Brooklyn, uh, tomorrow night, uh, which will be on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, on the, going for the home for the back end of a back to back against the Clippers, mm-hmm. which I am beyond excited for, for that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Mavericks on Sunday and going to next week, big games against the Bulls, Celtics, Pistons, who still have a team and the Cavaliers. So that's a pretty tough stretch right there. But it actually plays out okay because yeah. when you look at that, you beat the teams that you, you know, you're kind of playoff tune ups, let's say, uh, as you're looking against, you know, especially the Clippers, Mavs, Bulls, Celtics, uh, Pistons, and then Cavs. And let's see where the chips are sitting in those last two games. Right. No, the Pistons is the only like reprieve from just super good teams in that stretch pretty much while well, Cleveland, now that we mentioned that they're a little banged up, but and they're seven and three in their last 10, the Bucks right. are too. So yeah, you're right. They are not, not necessarily the hottest of streaks, but you know, they're on a nice run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the West for a second. All right. Yeah. When we, look, I mean, we can go back to the East after that, but I, yeah, I sure. Run, yeah. We, we, we talk on the, on the West. Uh, the Suns are so far ahead of everybody. It's, not even they're fun. clinched right now, right? They, they've, yeah, they're they're locked, right? Yeah. Uh, even if it's not official uh, in terms of having their number one spot locked up, but they're uh, eight and a half games mm-hmm. ahead of the Grizzlies, who have five games between them and Golden State. Which I'd say with their win last night, uh, Golden State, who plays exceptionally well, I think this puts them at like uh, nineteen and two, maybe without John Morant, yeah, which is. Insane. Beyond wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when you look at the West, you know, you, you go down Golden State, they're waiting to get Curry back. Uh, Dallas, who we mentioned will be visiting the Bucks, the, the Jazz, Denver. And then, uh, if we get into year old, we have the T-Pups, uh, yeah. in that seven spot. And, and, you know, the, the snake in the grass, I think, over there is the LA Clippers, mm-hmm. who are currently in the eighth spot in the playing game. Yeah. 24 and a half games out of first, but, Paul George came back last night mm-hmm. and dropped 34 in his return. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I saw a little bit of it. He played really, really well. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's – everyone wants to say the Lakers are going to be the stink of the grass. I, that team's so dysfunctional, I don't think. Yeah, the, the Lakers are out of it right now. If, yeah. if it were to end today, the Lakers are the, in the 11th spot. Granted, um, you know, they're neck and neck with San Antonio, mm-hmm. who can't seem to lose because that's just who San Antonio right. is. <laughs> 
But yeah, if it were to end today, I mean, could you imagine the Lakers not being in the playoffs, the playoffs. after all the talk that started this season yeah. about playing with the 2005 NBA All-Stars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and AD and how this is going to be the last ride of, what was that movie with uh, the motorcycle one where all the old guys get together and go on a ride? Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> oh, and the funny thing is Westbrook is the only person from that core who's playing right now, and he's been just had the craziest season uh, probably of anybody. And imagine if they do make a run and they get back into it and it's on Westbrook's back. That, that would almost that would just be, be fun to watch. Oh yeah. Oh, and then I'd be total. I'm I'm, I'm pro Westbrook anyways. I I've always liked Westbrook. I like his personality. He's a, he's different. He's very different. <laughs> you know, and uh, very talented. Um, but uh, I'd I'd be on board for that. Like if for some reason, like it was just the Westbrook show got the Lakers back into it. It'd be like mm-hmm. mind blowing. Okay. No, especially after spending most of the season as Westbrook. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Also on the, uh, but I don't know. I guess when when you're in uh, in the you know, sports or celebrity culture, like are people allowed to to make fun of you? I mean, because I, I know he took offense to that. Do I, has anybody else taken offense to any jokes recently? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know, Pete. There was a show on the other night. It's where they give away little gold statues. The the guy from Ali won one, didn't he? Yeah, he won the he won the best actor for uh, King Richard. Will Smith. He, yeah. he played uh, a basketball player uh, for Bel Air Academy. Yeah, he did. Yes, um, that would have been on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah that Bel-Air guy. Academy. That guy. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what he's up to nowadays. I don't know. I uh, I uh, think that he would be. Uh, you think he'd probably be chilling out in life? You know, he just won the best Oscar. He's got a good family. I can't know? imagine much worries. You know, he, that would really I, I don't to... think he'd have any anger issues at all. If if I, if I were to guess, I, I'd say his life's pretty much played out, you know, fairly well. And there's that one is Wild Wild West. Yeah, that one. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that wasn't very good. <laughs> oh, you talking about where he slapped Chris? Chris yeah, Rock. I could okay. let Chris Rock keep <laughs> talking. That yeah, was good. I was. I, I, it's, that was so that was so insane the other night, man. I I didn't even know. Like at first, it was so out there that I thought it was a bit like because it. Will Smith's a comedian, man. Like yeah, I, it, it, it it was it was wild. But you know, an, another wild guy uh, yeah. like that is Kawhi Leonard. Yes, which is kind of why I had you know brought up the you know, Clippers being the team who was just kind of hanging yeah, out. What's there. he been doing? Like I haven't heard anything about Kawhi Leonard all this year. That's what Kawhi Leonard likes. That's, <laughs> I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> His laugh is he. But when you look at that Clippers team, uh, obviously you know they're coming to Milwaukee on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the Rodney Hood revenge game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure people are really geared up for for that after he spent a couple weeks in Milwaukee at the beginning of the season. Well, he was there through Christmas yeah. before they made the trade for uh, for Serge Ibaka. But mm-hmm. you know that's a team that if you are Anywhere, I guess, in the top three uh, of the Western Conference, Paul George comes back, and you have to assume that Kawhi Leonard could be coming back because he went out in last year's playoffs, uh, and he's one of those players that whose team keeps things very closely held. Uh, we don't know a status on Kawhi Leonard, but it would be interesting to see if uh, if Kawhi Leonard uh, takes load management to a new level and all of a sudden <laughs> appears in in the playoffs. Just waits until the. Uh... Western Conference Finals. So if there was a player I'm that would do it, it would probably it be would him. Be, yeah, he's he is he's something, man. Um, so because of a lot of the uh, later games that get played, um, you've seen a lot of Phoenix lately too. Like you were talking about, they're so far ahead. 
Booker's unbelievable. He's playing out of his mind right now. The last couple games I've seen, he's just been lights out. So. He, he, he's, he's phenomenal. I, I think we all got a, a closer look at him last year that, than we had before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at that team and how they're constructed, you've also seen their role players step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've seen Bridges take, take a step forward. I mean, he's on, at that all defensive level. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, and you're looking at players that really embrace their role. And admittedly, I've been like anti, uh, you know, for a while in terms of Chris Paul, because so, sometimes I judge players on like whether I think they'd be fun to play with. And that's kind of a yeah. bit I stole from, uh, uh, Bill Sims in terms of like when you look at these teams, like who would be fun to play with. And when you look up and down the standings, uh, you see Phoenix really gelling around that tough personality of Chris Paul. They, they mm-hmm. came around last year where he's more than just a dude yelling at people. I mean, mm-hmm. he's pushing them, you know, to be better versions of themselves. He got them to the finals last year. That was, I, Phoenix wasn't supposed to be in the finals last year. They were ahead of schedule. So, but he, he's had a tough playoff history too. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's missing some time now, but let's see what, uh, let's see what the playoffs spring. I think he missed games in the previous round last year with COVID, mm-hmm. but it would be interesting to see what, um, what, what shakes out. And, and much, and I'm guessing them much like the Bucks, uh, with Lopez and some of the other injuries, just taking it easy. You know, you don't want to rush back Chris Paul because you don't need him now. You need him. In the post. You need him when it counts, right? Yes. And kind of like what the Lakers are doing with LeBron James. Oh, wait, never, never mind. Never mind he's, that. He's, uh, but, but some of those teams, you're right. I mean, I think as we get closer with the Bucs, depending on how things shake out, uh, and I, but I, you have to think the Bucs' no, top priority is uh, getting Lopez some meaningful minutes, yep. getting his legs back under him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we So health is paramount. Mm-hmm. And when we look at NBA playoffs especially, we know – you know, that in fact, you know, nobody has any idea when it comes to making picks at this time. You almost just have to go with your gut in terms of who you think is going to do well. Mm-hmm. And then health is going to predict how the playoffs go. Uh, we saw it in pretty much every series last year that um, being healthy is a skill set. Who did Phoenix have to beat in the Western Conference Finals last year? I'm blame party. Was it the Clippers? Yeah. I know they, they ran into them. Uh, I. I don't recall off the top of my head because you're. But what, what I was going to get at was you. You're right about Jamal just, Murray yeah. went down. Yeah, uh, Jamal last. Murray went down for the. Yeah, that was not. Yeah, um, Jokic too, man. That guy, he's going to be able to propel a team. Yeah, we, we can have the MVP conversation now. We can talk about playoffs a, right. a little bit more. But it's when you when you, you talk about like you're talking about like pick them though, like for the playoffs, like yeah, three teams in the in the Western Conference Finals last year, you could have assumed would have been there. Right. Atlanta Hawks were not one of them. Well, and that's and where they the got hot, and uh, baby boy Trey uh, decided to start playing big man ball, and that was crazy. But yeah, well, and that's one of the things that I look for in basketball, right? Is number one, like who has the chemistry and who's playing well together, because there's the players that are fun to play with, and you see that with uh, with Memphis, uh, and everyone really coalesces around John Morant. You see it with the mm-hmm. Bucks; these guys enjoy playing with each, with each other. Mm-hmm. But then you also have these crazy like, outliers where. You know, Steph Curry and what he brings to the floor. You look at what Draymond Green, you know, accepts his role and mm-hmm. goes in there and is a star in his role, you know, each night when that whole team is together. And it's not always about the best players, but it's about where that chemistry is coming from. And it kills me about Jokic is he's one of the most selfless players I've ever seen. He, he's a great passer. Like he does not like he, the other game, the other night, he had more assists than points at one point, you know, like. I, I had the conversation earlier. Someone was like, Oh, I don't know if I believe in like these advanced metrics and all this, like pushing him towards the MVP conversation. I'm like, 
Well, dude, how, how about the eye test? Right. It's essentially Jokic and a bunch of dudes. Yeah. He, he's missing Jamal Murray. He's missing uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and I guess Aaron Gordon is an NBA player. Yeah. He's been in dunk contests. Yeah. But <laughs> when you overall like look at the team and how Jokic has elevated them mm-hmm. and pushed, you know, pushed, and he did have a push, but he's really pushed his team to their position of being number six mm-hmm. on his back. I mean, you take Jokic away, and they're like, they're nothing. They're Detroit without Kate Cunningham. They're just a team that does not have uh, have the juice. To they, they, they always they always say that about Giannis. How the Bucks are completely relying on Bucks can get by a couple games without Giannis, but that Denver team cannot function without Jokic. That entire team runs around him. Right. I mean, the Bucks have two other legit all stars, right. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Right. Uh, when you know, I would say they're firmly probably at the Toronto level. You know, Chicago level just. You know, avoiding the playoff game, but still in the playoff picture without Giannis. So, so speaking of that, you were mentioning that. So, wh- where where are you with the postseason awards? Where are you with MVP, um, MVP, MDP, MIP, <laughs> OPP? Oh wait, that was a song from the nineties. So, so I think right now, you know, we talked about Jokic getting the buzz, and it's well deserved. I mean, he's mm-hmm. reigning MVP. He's having a great season. He is propelling his team to. Propelling them to be, I mean, they're still 45 and 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've picked up a lot of easy wins against a bad, you know, the Western Conference is not as tough, you know, top to bottom as the East, but they've taken advantage and they've won games that they've needed to. But I, I think, and I don't like to be in the prediction game, uh, but you look at Jokic, uh, he stands alone, but then you also have Embiid and Giannis who are putting up very similar stat lines. Uh, teams that are right at the top of the Eastern Conference. And I think, well, I know that one thing that Giannis has going for him is that he's, you know, gotten past, you know, those playoff, you know, early outs in his career. And then when it comes down to a team, if the Bucks are at the top of, uh, of, uh, of the Eastern Conference and they have a better record than Philly, I think those stats go in the favor of Giannis, uh, edging out Embiid. For that award, and then he also has you know the championship behind him, so he's followed up a championship season with MVP numbers, mm-hmm. which we're seeing. And I think when it comes down to now Jokic and Giannis, when you're looking at you know is it the best player on the best team, or is it just an incredible player that's put together an amazing year and pushed one of the Jokic brothers out for you know 60 games? Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know as much as everybody loves uh, you know the Morris twins, I think uh, I think I go with Giannis. Well, and, you know, the argument can be made for LeBron because he's having MVP numbers too, yet again. But they said ever since they took away the vote from the players in the early 80s and they gave it to the writers, only twice has there ever been a MVP whose team uh, uh, wasn't at the top of their – wasn't near the top of their conference. Is that Westbrook and in one, his triple-double season? Yeah, I think one was Westbrook and the other one was Moses Malone, like right after they changed that rule. I heard that stat on the radio. That I think it was Westbrook after his triple-double season. And so it was like two times and Moses Malone was the same bit. Like you couldn't deny that they were un- – you know, they did unbelievable things that season. But, yeah, it's – I mean, you got to have a winning team. You got to have a playoff team to get those votes from the writers because otherwise, I mean, you can just sit there and – you know, LeBron's perfect. I mean, I think LeBron's leading the league currently in points per game. They're all knotted up there. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty tight. But one, one thing that I would want to bring up for Giannis, and I don't have a stat for him because why would I do that? 
Um, I got to think Giannis has still got to be leading points per minute. Like his per uh, player efficiency rating and his and well, you know, Bud last night you saw he he played thirty eight minutes, so about six more minutes uh, than usual. But they're like, okay, we're looking at playoff basketball now. Like, mm. we're going to go out there and we're going to play like we would in a playoff game. Mm. And I think that's what what the strategy was. I mean, you saw, you know, the big three plus Brooke again, and and Grayson Allen's filled in that role. And I think they're uh, they're trying to really tune up for playoffs. And obviously, Pat Connaughton's back too. Yeah, no, Giannis is getting those stat lines playing in just thirty thirty two minutes a game up to this point in the season. And some of the other players, uh, your Jokic's and your uh, Embiid's are. Averaging closer to thirty-eight minutes a game, so that's you know, and they need they need to be to put their teams there. right, absolutely. So, um, well, uh, defensive player, nobody ever really knows who that's going to be until it's <laughs> announced. It, it, it'll be a conversation. We'll, right. we'll be talking about you know Rudy Gobert like usual, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think Giannis is, again is up there the way that he he anchors anchors a team. But you know, when took take that test of. Yeah. What team is fun and seems to like each other? Uh, I would not put Utah Jazz at the top of that list because right. uh, what we've you know seen between Donovan Mitchell and, um, and Rudy Gobert in the past. You know, it's really lost in that uh, game-winning block last night that Giannis had was that whole bad of brick that was by Harden. Did you see who uh, switched on to him? No, Brooke Lopez. Oh, was he really? Okay, yeah. they had a uh, seven-foot hand in his face. He, yeah. Uh, and and that's that Bucks defense. You know, we saw it last year. You know, they're trying more things. Uh, you know, they're willing to switch. Uh, they're willing to just do more on defense. So I think working those things out and putting, you know, having the confidence in your players where you can say, "All right, Brooke, like we, we know you're going to do this, and yeah. we're we're going to give you the shot now." I do remember that last year too. Like me and John discussed it on this very podcast that uh, seeing Brooke Lopez up towards the top of the key more with his big arms and like. It's it's imposing. Like you're not going to just run it right down the middle. You're going to have to go to one of the wings to make mm-hmm. things happen. So uh, that's but when we talk about health, though. Too, we have Pat Connaughton coming back, or Pat Connaughton's back now for a few mm-hmm. games. So it's good to see him start to get his legs under him. Shaq even mentioned that last night in the post game too. He's like, oh, people saw they been the box and they're healthy now. I'm never going to do it. I was wondering if you brought up Pat Connaughton specifically, which I was wondering if you, oh, no. you know who that was. But, <laughs> oh, well, there's, no. But yeah. I, that is the only the NCAA tournament that he's not tracking necessarily. Right. But, yeah, I mean, in his first game back, Connaughton went uh, 5-11 from 3, which, you know, coming off of a hand injury to a mm-hmm. shooting hand shows that he has a confidence. And uh, here's one for you. How many uh, – he has 454 uh, attempts this year. How many do you think are from 3? For Pat? For Pat. 454. 200 of them. 339. Yeah. And he is, uh, 75% from three. 70. Yeah. He's 75% of them were threes. Well, okay. But the way, and I think that's easy to miss because the way that he plays the game, uh, the way that he's, he's a dogged defender. Yeah. You you see him, you know, never backing down. You Mm -hmm. see him making plays at the rim, uh, you know, as a defender to think of him as that like three and D player and he's shooting 40%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's had a couple rough games since, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing big things. He's averaging double figures for the first time in his career. So yeah. it, it'll be, he's a good piece to have coming back now. And, you know, we talked earlier about you know, the health factor. Uh, we are now getting our players back with a chance to you know, get their legs under them. Unlike the Ben Simmons situation, who mm-hmm. is still out with a back injury recently had an epidural, you know, which was reported and, 
Yes, yes. It, that, that's what people, that's what women <laughs> receive when, when giving labor. But yes. It sounds like something that you would not want to have. No, no, and, that sounds terrible. And he's been out for how long and like is having a back issue now? I, it's, I don't want to get into the Ben Simmons talk, but it's just a wild situation to consider they have this player who's not going to potentially be adding value, you know, in the playoffs until they get him back or at least won't, won't have his legs on him through the first round. Can one become a bust later in their career? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. We have talked that one through NBA. Any last thoughts on NBA before we move on to the college? Well, let's talk again in a couple of weeks. Let's see see where this thing shakes out. You know, we have we have playoff races, we have uh, you know award races. It should be an exciting finish. Sounds fantastic. I like it. All right, moving on. Uh, Fifteen minutes left here. Uh, final four. Uh, we don't have any teams in it, John. John, your feet. Hi, feet. <laughs> we don't. We don't have any. Uh, we don't have any teams in it. However, we're looking at Villanova, who I think everybody wants to win because they're the most likable team. Mm-hmm. Kansas, who's always there, mm-hmm. and of course Duke and North Carolina. Which that isn't it. Did you know that they'd never played in the tournament before? That stat came out this week. No. Well, I I learned it this week. I guess I just yeah. had never thought about it. You, you think at some point they would have but i you know the powers that be probably usually put them on opposite sides of the right the bracket and and i gotta say like you know before i go further into this you know this is a wisconsin sports pod but but what a year for those yankee dallas cowboy fans and alabama <laughs> football fans i know and they have their choice of duke unc or kansas to claim as their college basketball right, team exactly. this year like what a great setup for them I, i'm band- happy for them three bandwagons <laughs> we can uh if you miss one you can the next one's taken off in five minutes so hop on kids yes uh do could we play a game sure Okay, so obviously, you know, Aaron mentioned we don't have a team in the Final Four, but, yep. you know, as I think, you know, John always does a great job mentioning the pod that this is a Wisconsin sports podcast. So, you know, I'd like to put a Wisconsin bend on these Final Four picks and, yep. uh, you know, let's avoid who we think is going to win and let's talk about the winner for the Wisconsin sports fan. Okay. Uh, Villanova. Uh, I'll, you want me to take lead? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. That's- so uh, I'll take lead on Villanova, right? Um, they lost to Marquette twice this season. Yes. So if we apply our eighth grade lot, maybe sixth grade logic, but when we're like, oh, if they beat them, they yeah. beat them. Yeah. So essentially we could you know, say, Hey, what, what a great team Marquette really is. They beat the national champion twice. Uh, and also by proxy, of mm-hmm. course, the Badgers put a over 10 point win on, um, on Marquette. So mm-hmm. it also shows the Badgers would be superior to the national champion. Yep. Uh, you have the big East loyalty, you know, we're being able to represent the conference for the Marquette side. Right. Uh, let's see. Um, and how, and we had Dante DiVincenzo uh, exactly. on the Bucks, who was last on the uh, last time they won a championship. Any other reasons to make a case for uh, Nova being the Wisconsin team? Uh, just and also too, like I just said, they're the most likable yeah. of the ones that are left there. Even though the whole blue blood, because the yes. other three are blue bloods. Even they still lump Indiana in with blue bloods, and Villanova's done and UConn have done way more than right. Indiana's done in the last 40 years. But uh, I like Villanova. The DiVincenzo angle's good. Um, they're, they're not the, the big school, but they've, but they've been consistently good over the year, over the last couple of years. They're, they always find themselves in the Sweet 16, it seems like. Um, Just a solid program. Yeah. Good. They have a mold of players that they go for, and, and they find themselves there. A good, a good coach. Um, good coach who doesn't thrive on um, uh, diaper dandy, one and guns. <laughs> So I, I that I mean from that angle. Otherwise, I don't know. Do, are there any Wisconsin kids playing on Villanova or anything? No, like no. I, I 
I think we're pretty limited in terms of Wisconsin kids being on any of these teams. Okay, uh, so Villanova got beat twice by Marquette. Wisconsin beat Marquette, so we would have beat the national champs. Okay, okay. that's, that's so, our so that's the case for okay, Nova. Yeah. Uh, UNC, uh, you have anything there? Uh, oh, oh, any Wisconsin? <laughs> Just that they beat Duke because I want Duke to lose because sure. of a couple of years ago. But yeah. Uh, just off the top of my head, um, Dawson Garcia from Mar- Marquette transferred there. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he's not playing, uh, unfortunately. He had some family issues to attend to. Uh, so he's back in Minnesota. Definitely hope the best for him and that he's able to get his career back on track. Uh, oh, you mean someone from Minnesota is not playing for Minnesota? Right. Wow. What a shock. Yeah. Uh, but then, interestingly, though, uh, Wisconsin's Mr. Basketball uh, for next year, uh, Melo Tremble from uh, Menominee Falls is going to be enrolling at North Carolina next year. More than enrolling, he's, he's going out to play basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not, that's where it's And his brother, uh, J.P. Tokido, uh, who was okay. uh, a stud uh, coming out of uh, Menominee Falls a few years back, also played at North Carolina. Okay. So so there is some uh, some Wisconsin interest in terms of UNC, but is it better for them to lose in the game? That way he doesn't have to go there with the pressure of you know trying to repeat as a national champion? <laughs> right, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, um, all right, so a little bit of – at least there's some local – yeah, some some local uh, players playing for UNC. So uh, Duke, Duke. I won't. Uh, so I, I I tried. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this. I made a note of it. So Coach K is a Chicago guy. Yeah, uh, way, way back. Mm-hmm. Um, West Pointer. Yep, Army guy. Uh, we suffered through Ojo uh, mm-hmm. following Marquette. That was that was rough. Yeah, but but now what's interesting is. Uh, one of Wojo's assistants, Chris Carowell, mm-hmm. uh, if you followed it a couple of weeks ago during that loss mm-hmm. uh, in the post game handshakes, uh, he did not shake Hubert Davis' hand mm. uh, going through the line. Uh, didn't just miss him. Didn't just miss him. No, no. And he talked about it afterwards. He didn't like something that you know North Carolina did. He didn't. He didn't slap anybody. Well, that again been... slaps. What's going on? <laughs> but but Chris Carowell. Is so former... can we get Jawan Howard yeah. and uh, Will Smith into the same room and see what Ooh, happens? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have uh, so. Chris Carowell, former Marquette assistant, Duke assistant now. Uh, and he brought Theo John, who, well, he did transfer from Marquette. He did play his four years at Marquette and left as a graduate transfer to Duke. So I guess you can't be mad at that necessarily. Both those players, Garcia and uh, John, as you know, had been mentioned, you know, would have been great assets to this Marquette team that was small. But mm-hmm. um, Jalen Johnson from Sun Prairie uh, and Nicolay played there, but he was a one and done. So... Mm-hmm. That's probably the case for Duke, unless you have anything else. No, and I have nothing for Kansas at all. Do you have? A th- I don't even know who their coach is. I confused. <laughs> um, I just know they're in the in the in the uh, number one seed every year. Well, they'll eventually be a Big Ten team. Good point. Because <laughs> everybody will be right. Everybody will be, and uh, and yeah, the uh, the Big Twelve really isn't you know on the strongest of footing. But uh, I, I think it's funny. Oh, there is a good example. Uh, of how good the NBA is. And, and I was thinking about this one. I was like, well, maybe some Bucks players. And like, the only one I could really think of was like Frank Mason III, yeah. who had enough time to like grab a soda during his time with yeah. the Bucks. Yeah. But he was a nascent player of the year. Do you remember this? Like Frank Mason, he was like 5'10, 5'11. No. And then could never get it going in the NBA. That's why, that's why we got you here though, man. Cause you can, you can, like we do deep dive on Packers <laughs> stuff and we've got you here for the Bucks stuff. For that. But, but it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, the, these guys that just have enough time for a cup of coffee in the NBA and yeah. don't necessarily get the look. And you look at a guy like Frank Mason who had a, an amazing college career, uh, spent, like we said, had a, had a cup of coffee with the Bucks and hasn't got his feet under him in, in the NBA. But, uh, you know, even in that same vein, Tyler Hansborough, these people that were such stars mm-hmm. in college. And then you look at how, 
things don't necessarily translate to the NBA game. And you're like, wow, this is an incredibly deep talent pool in the NBA. Mm. But, uh, yes, Kansas, I don't have much. Uh, Bill Self, uh, he's been there. Yeah. For a long time. Now that you now, say his name, now I know who they're coaching. After, uh, after he brought that Illinois team to the final four, yeah. which was a great run. Uh, but he also, I guess Bruce Weber replaced him at Illinois, mm. uh, who is a UW Milwaukee grad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bruce Weber's a Wisconsin guy who has, you know, bounced around some, but by all means, like maybe Kansas's connection is that they gave a Wisconsin guy an opportunity. <laughs> Well, after all of this, I think of weighing everything. Um, so right now, the most likable team, Villanova, team to cheer for because of local connections, UNC, basically, is what we're at here. I, I I'm going to disagree with you, Aaron. I, I, I think we got to go with Nova. Uh, I, I think the Wisconsin sports fan can uh, can thoroughly get behind Villanova in this, a Big East team, conference affiliation, uh, and we can always go back and say, you know, Wisconsin and Marquette did, you know. Wisconsin by proxy and yeah. uh, and Marquette two direct wins over the national champion. Let's get behind them. Uh, and if your and if your conference win the national championship too, that's good on good on your conference. That's good on Marquette. I mean, it's like yeah, exactly. It looks good. And uh, and frankly, I think they're the people's choice too, which means Duke's going to win it. But <laughs> right, Shashevsky's going to get one on the way out here. So, all right, who do you think's going to win it? Who do I think is going to win yeah. it? Uh, considering that uh, Villanova's suffering through injuries. Uh, Duke's or uh, UNC's coming in as uh, as an eight seed. You know, I picked Kansas in the beginning. I'm gonna stick with Kansas. All right, Kansas, it is. I think. Not not because of Wisconsin connections. Yeah, I I just think for whatever reason, cosmic whatever. I really think Duke's gonna win it. I just because because of course. All right, so all right, so that's what we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Uh, John would call this uh, the last call, but I like I said, I don't got the music on me. So I'm uh, just going to talk a little bit of Brewers on the way out here. Not much. They're uh, wrapping up uh, spring training here. Uh, opening game is April 7th at Chicago, the always hated but never feared Chicago Cubs. Um, opening game starter, um, Corbin Burns. What a uh, reigning Cy Young winner got the opening day start. Weird, right? Yeah, no. Okay. It makes perfect sense. Uh, only other thing going on there, um, I'm not going to go through all the players that were cut and stuff like that because it's preseason baseball. Nobody cares. Um, sorry, Wendy. I, I, yes, Wendy, I know. Yeah, I know. Wendy cares. I'm sorry, Wendy. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. But nobody cares. Um, Burns is going to be opening day starter. A little bit of kerfuffle. Um, uh, Brent Suter's actual Raptor on uh, on Twitter. Yes, that is his Twitter handle. I don't have his at, but anyways, it's just look at Brent Suter's actual Raptor. Um, he's been making a big kerfuffle here lately about uh, Taylor starting over Lorenzo Kane in center field to start the season. Um, now, like Kane fell off a cliff last year or anything, so it kind of given uh, given the young guy the nod over the Wiley veteran. Not, not even Wiley veteran. He's just a good veteran. You know, so only pitchers can be Wiley veterans. Outfielders can't be Wiley veterans. A um, little bit of kerfuffle on that. Um, and that's about all we got for Brewers talk, really. I mean, I, I did just get a, a push notification because I'm too lazy on to go on Bleacher Report and adjust. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just got a uh, – apparently St. Louis and the Washington Nationals I uh, just played a game uh, in spring training today, and maybe they didn't play baseball, but instead they went and played football because the final score was twenty nine to eight. Uh, yeah, so like football score style. Wow. Uh, and and I don't know if that's ever been a football score in a recorded uh, NFL What's game. Score gami. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it's your thing, Aaron. But uh, twenty nine to eight, uh, St. Louis over Washington today. So that leaves something entertaining on the baseball side. Wow, that's uh. 
Yeah, you say like you suck it into the twenties. That's insane. When you suck it into the upper twenties, that's that's a uh, what do they call it? A, uh, uh, Donnybrook. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah, and 15 of those runs came in the 8th. So Fantastic. That must have been an interesting game to be at. All right, well, we know who's not going to make the bullpen. All right, that's <laughs> what we got for the Scotty Johnny podcast this week. Uh, thanks again. Uh, of course, Manson across from me. Uh, uh, Pete Owen, friend of the show, Pete. Uh, basketball mind. Uh, Milwaukee's best is his Twitter handle. Can you spell that out again, please? M-K-E-S-B-E-S-T. All right, and I am... Aaron Flottam. You can find me at Cheddar Talk. John, who uh, couldn't couldn't make it this week, just too good too good for us. Um, spring break, St. Louis. Looks like he's having fun. Found out sports betting. Just big on. He's like he's like. Did you know you could borrow? Like get degenerate. Introduce the and VPN to him when he comes yeah. back. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I I live 20 minutes from the Illinois yeah. border. It's so tempting to just yeah. <laughs> I have to fight that urge every day not to just keep going past my exit in Janesville. Are, are um, you stumping for a DraftKings uh, advertiser now? I'm yeah, nervous. that's yes. So you can find John at Nuts Almost Podcast is at Scotty Johnny Pod. And uh, what does John say at the end of everyone? Because I'm usually tuned out by the time he's doing the outro. Uh, no matter where you are or who you be, it's always on Wisconsin. Yay! <laughs>